The audio podcast edition of Farlands or Bust is made possible by support from fans on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash Mac to keep this series commercial free. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Kurt, and welcome back to Farlands or Bust. It's been a whole year. A whole year. I know, those jokes are dumb. But yeah, welcome back to Far Lands or Bust. This is episode 546 of the series. And Wolfie didn't waste any time barking there to get us started. So uh, Wolfie just can't wait. Cannot wait to get this episode started. To get this new year started. Because that's right. On episode 546, it is... Saturday, January 2nd, 2016. 2016, indeed. This is being recorded on New Year's Day. As you know, I do these a day early. And, uh, yeah. Now it's the next year. 2016. Crazy stuff, huh? 2016, and a crazy amount of support right up there until the last moment of 2016. Everybody getting those... Tax deductions in, no, to uh, uh, to donate to Child's Play Charity. At the beginning of the last episode, we were at 17000 Now we are at $18,240. 30% of the way to our $60,000 goal for Season 6 here of Far Lands of Bust, raising money for Child's Play Charity over at farlandsofbust.com. Do you, yeah, you could use a, you could use a, a New Year's treat. Boop. There we go. As we continue on. So yeah, farlinesofbus.com. Donate to Child's Play Charity. They help get toys, books, games to kids in hospitals around the world. We have been supporting them since... Ooh. Since... Alright, well, <laughs> I thought maybe there'd be something down here. Sounds like there might be a skeleton spawner over there, but I don't see it. Uh, since June of 2011 is when we've been supporting... The Child's Play Charity. So keep doing that, like I said, at farlandsofbus.com. And and a very generous donations coming in. Like I said, we went up a whole $1,240. $240. There's uh, Cone Dodger's favorite number. On account of the vehicle he drives. Um, but uh, yeah, crazy awesome stuff. I do appreciate it. We did have, as I mentioned, started quite late. But we did have a New Year's Eve live stream on the 31st. And then I even returned later on and actually live-streamed through the new year, which I didn't really think I would be doing. Uh, but speaking of Cone Dodger, we played some Rocket League, uh, amongst other things. Uh, so that was pretty cool. That was, that was an alright time. So we we ended the year with a live-stream. Get sliced, you dang pig. Ended the year with a live-stream, and now are beginning the year with a Far Lands Bust episode. To update you... We are at, for our world save, we surpassed the 20,000 megabyte size uh, threshold. 20,040 megabytes is where we're at right now. So we did it, as I anticipated. So yeah, it looks like we gained about 40, 46, 47, 48 megabytes, maybe. Well, that was a different episode, though. Now, wait a minute. Well, hmm. Well, no, no, that still would have... It would have been a lot closer, but the last episode was a four-day episode, a four-Minecraft-day episode. 
so so maybe not 40 maybe maybe we gain about 25 30 30 megabytes per 10 10 megabytes for per per minecraft day of walking is that has anybody figured that out yet <laughs> but uh anyway we did that so we, we've surpassed that 20 gigabyte file size or thereabouts it's craziness it's craziness just like this this the squid family who is trapped under the ice here is pretty crazy as well. What you doing, guy? This is this is no place for you to exist. There's no no fun times to be had here. Let me rejoin you with your family. Give you some uh, space to swim. Well, that is oh gosh. Until you're free now. You are slightly less. Well, I guess you're just like living in that little corner of that lake. But anyway, continuing on, a little bit uh, a little bit disheveled, hey, I say. Got to get get all up and running with this new year. I already went over that all in the last episode. We won't go over the new year's resolutions and the the what this and that and the other wants to do and blah 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 blah. We're in Farlands bust here. We're going to the Farlands. We don't have no time for no rehashing of things we've discussed in the previous episode. We've got questions to answer. Questions to answer indeed. Did anything happen over the new year? Like, any news items that I need to discuss? I don't think so. Um, uh, no, not really. So I think we're good to just start answering questions. Uh, we had a couple, obviously, a couple very generous donations that helped us go over that uh, 30% mark, up to $18,000. $240. First one from Anonymous. They actually signed it Anonymous, so at least this one I know for a fact. Hello! Uh, instead of worrying that maybe they didn't realize they were by default Anonymous, I know that this person wanted to be Anonymous. So Anonymous, thank you very much for your very generous donation. I'm just going to read the message here. I don't think there's really a question, no, but the, the message is worth reading, so let us read it! Hi Kurt, exclamation point. I first discovered the channel back in October of 2012 through the Kerbal Space Program series. I was hooked and soon started watching Flob. It's been over three years and I can't describe how much joy watching your various videos has given to me over time. And congrats on your UHC win. Speaking of course of the Mindcrack Marathon UHC. I've been meaning to donate for a long time, and now that I am working, I can. Your humor has gotten me through some hard times, so keep it up. Keep up the great work, and keep walking west. I will indeed. We are indeed walking west as the sun passes overhead. Oh, woo, woo. Oh, man, that was a ninja sneeze that just snuck up out of nowhere and kapow, right in the face, which is generally where sneezes come from. <laughs> right in the middle of the face, I'd say. Pow, right in the kisser. Woo! Well, thank you very much, Anonymous Stoner, for your very generous donation. Congratulations that you are apparently working again, or you have found a job, or whatever you said. Uh, and, and I appreciate you uh, putting some of that towards the, the Child's Play charity. Helping out kids in hospitals around the world. You Farlanders, you Farlanders are, are quite the generous bunch. I also appreciate you for, though you found me through my Kerbal Space Program series, I, I appreciate that you stuck around, uh, even though that has that has come and gone. Uh, I do appreciate that very much. Another big donation, this time from Patrick. 
has uh, a bit of a question here. But thank you very much for your generous, very generous donation, Patrick. The platforms for the new era of technologies, self-driving cars, drones, smartphones, AI, VR goggles, may be in the hands of powerful companies who also have your data. This integration has potential to change our lives at the expense of some control. Apps like Facebook's M pick out good food. I don't know what Facebook M is. I don't get involved with Facebook too much. Uh, so, yeah, nope, I'm not really into the Facebook. So I don't know what that is. Uh, the Google car to drive itself on a long drive. Uh, and then the question comes, do you see these companies with too much power? Do you see these companies with too much power or is it a necessary evolution? I think basically... What Patrick is trying to ask is, we're exchanging, essentially, our information, our data, for service, for these technolo technological advances. Uh, the, the biggest and easiest kind of uh, company or, or service to, to equate this with is, of course, Google. We are, you know, Google started out with the search engine, really good search engine. Uh, and, and expanded. Okay, now Gmail. Okay, now they can read our emails if you're using Gmail and uh, with that data you're kind of assigned a, a, a number and a, a demographic and a, a marketing uh, niche to put yourself into and they basically just use your data, your uh, your text messages, your, your emails, uh, your photos, your your YouTube usage, your your, your Google Play stuff, you know, we're, and now they're getting into cars, self-driving cars and Google Maps. They, they know where you are frequently and, and how much time you spend in certain places, depending, you know, depending, you know, with your default, uh, to get the most out of their services with their default settings, uh, you can always disable those features for privacy, but, uh, you know, we're, we're trading all this information for service, uh, and that the same goes for, like, Facebook. It's like, in that regard, I think the best way for those sort of social media websites, uh, Facebook, the social, the social website isn't the product. You, the user, are the product. And advertisers are the actual customers. You're not the customer. You're the product. Your data is the product. That, that's how Facebook, Google, uh, whoever else... Uh, Twitter, sort of. Uh, Twitter is still trying to find a way to make money, I think. But uh, that's how they make money and keep up and running. So I think what Patrick is asking is that is that uh, is, is that going too far? Are they too powerful? Or are we giving them too much power with our information? Or is that simply the natural evolution of the technology in this information-driven era we live in? And I will get to my ill-informed and, and improperly educated opinion in the morning. And a weakness. And a continuing on this, right, Wolfie? So yeah, that's a, that's a tough thing to, uh, to try to think about, to try to consider. There certainly appears to be a very gray area of a threshold that certain communities and certain people have between trading their privacy versus the service they receive and there's been there's been pushback and and hubbub uh, around certain practices 
changes that Facebook makes that suddenly makes you less, I suppose, preserves your privacy a little bit less than one would want. Um, same thing with Google or, or whatever. But then on the other side, there are, you know, the convenience factors uh, that, uh, you know, you're getting this quote-unquote free service, but you're paying for it with your data uh, and also with your eyes on advertising, I guess, as well. Similarly, how YouTube works. Uh, so yeah, I, that, that's a tough, that's a tough, e, e, like it's an ecosystem. It's a tough, it's very complicated uh, economy to kind of get your head around to, to really understand. Um, I mean, the real big part of security and privacy that's a real issue now is in regards to governments specifically the United States government and their access to that data and their access to what they want our back doors to encryption, which is just a terrible idea. There's all this terrible, terrible legislation trying to get through now and hearings and whatever. Uh, certain, uh, certain, certain folks, certain uh, branches, certain uh, institutions want these ways to get into your encrypted what is going on over there we don't have a we've got the chunks loading slow load faster you dang chunks uh, you know they, they want to access it for surveillance quote-unquote security <laughs> reasons uh, which is a big you know that that's that's stepping too far I suppose we can't you know there is a, 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 an amount that we tend to just oblige by and and accept information being shared for the sake of, you know, advertising, marketing, whatever. But but it certainly is not tolerable as far as our privacy uh, from our government, which is a very big part. You know, people, oh, it's not. Uh, there's no right to privacy or whatever. Or that's not in the Constitution or the Bill of Rights or anything. Uh, well, it's an incredibly important part of the free speech and the ability to uphold a, uh, a a government that is you know could be kept in check by its by its citizens by its its people you know by not having privacy uh, that kind of breaks down that that free speech situation that is also very much important um, and uh, so yeah I'm, th th there's that part of it which yeah certainly that that Threshold should never be crossed, and it's it's a continual fight uh, to make sure that that's not crossed. But as far as the companies, as far as like advertising, I don't know. Uh, I do feel like this kind of does come back to the to the fan funding thing. It's kind of like, well, okay, so you're you're using Google Maps and they're using your data and they're giving you advertisements or or whatever. They're making money off of you know the business uh, listings or whatever uh, to to get you to turn you into the data that they can sell to marketers, uh, would you pay for that service instead to uh, to have, uh, you know, your privacy, your, you, you know, to, to, to do away with the marketing aspect of that? Um, some people are starting to do that with, you know, some people will trade their $9.99 a month so that they don't have to see advertisements on YouTube or whatever. Uh, so maybe, you know, right now, in the, in the past 10 years or so, the internet, most of these services have been funded by advertising, by marketing. 
Uh, perhaps there is a future ahead where these technological advances, these services, these, uh, you know, like you said, the self-driving cars, you know, all this stuff, uh, perhaps when it flips on its head and it is no longer needed to be funded by advertising and marketing and instead is funded by the end user in exchange for a fee, you know, or, or whatever. Uh, perhaps that is the wave of the future and, you know, we're starting to see a little bit of a shift in that. Uh, certainly not major on the grand scheme of things, on the grand scale. Like, are people, are you going to pay to use Google? You know, um, you'll only get uh, the first five results of your Google results uh, when you search Google, uh, unless you sign up for uh, Google Red. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I don't know. Uh, that, that's tough. Or maybe you just don't see those advertising, those advertisement placed ads on Google. Uh, or what? Yeah, I don't know. It, it, that's tough to say. It, it's, a, it's a delicate balance. And certainly it's been done wrong many times in the past by many, many a, a, an institution. Um, but then again, it, it can be done right and there is a balance. A balance in the force must be, must be met. And uh, yeah, so yeah, that's a tough question. There's a, a lot of complexities. That's a complex word to speak. Uh, complexities to the issue and, and to the, you know, like it is, it is basically a, an ecosystem and it kind of its own economy, the, the, digital, the digital realm, the technological realm. You want to hope that these companies have your best interests in mind, you know, with Google's don't be evil, but then sometimes it does things that seem quite evil, evil or whatever. So I don't know. That's, that's really complex. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit, uh, I'm, I'm generally hesitant to jump on board a lot of these things. Like, I've only just recently, now that I've gotten the new Nexus phones, have started to, you know, allow Google Now uh, to, to kind of give me my suggestions. And, okay, it, it sees that I have a, you know, in, from my email, Google sees that I have a flight coming up on this day. So then it tells me, uh, remember to check in and you know it starts to oh it'll take you this many minutes to get to the airport you should leave now you know I'm like that stuff's pretty convenient that's interesting uh, that could be useful and I know that's actually been around for a while but I've only recently started to use that so I'm kind of I very slowly start to accept things as I find them useful to me uh, I suppose which I guess is a good way for everybody to handle it as opposed to the Facebook, I don't even install any of the, the apps on my phones because I don't know what the heck they do for, for tracking or, or whatever and notifications. And uh, I don't link other accounts. I don't, you know, if I have to sign up for a service and it's like, ooh, sign in with your Facebook account. No, no, I'll create my own. Thank you. I will not be linking these services. Uh, so, yeah, Facebook I'm probably a little bit less trusting of or a lot a bit less trusting of, I suppose. So it just depends, I guess. But anyway, yeah, thanks, uh, Patrick, and then previously Anonymous for those extremely generous donations to Child's Play Charity over at farlinesabus.com. Let's answer a question here from Annabelle. I believe you have a degree in graphic design. As a former art student, did you receive any comments in regards to your degree choice? Woo! I am... Uh, <laughs> there was no woo in that question. That was just my response to that giant hole in the ground. I'm a fine art student, portrait artist, graduating in the summer of next year, and I'm faced with comments such as, what are you going to do with your degree? Or, is that even a real degree? Uh, like I said, this is from Annabelle. 
Well, um, yes. Sort of. I didn't get my degree in graphic design. I did get a fine arts degree. Well, not a fine arts degree. I didn't get like a Bachelor of Fine Arts. That's kind of a different thing, but uh, I, I got a degree in a fine arts field. Uh, if you were to say graphic design, oh, I have my degree in graphic design, people can assign that to a job, a graphic designer. There is a marketability to that. There is, uh, you know, a job associated with that. But simply artists, yeah, there are certain there are certain questions. Uh, you know, you, you do get that sometimes. And, uh, I, you know, you'll, I'll even joke about it now, like uh, if there's some sort of difficult math question or, or something uh, that, uh, you know, you might have learned in, in some sort of calculus class or, or whatever. I'm like, uh, I don't know that because, you know, art degree. <laughs> I went to art school. Uh, kind of say it as a little bit of a, a demeaning jab at myself. Um, but uh, I think it's certainly it's it's important. And you can you can find what you want to do. I found what I wanted to do, obviously, kind of in a roundabout way. I did have to end up starting with the graphic design and the web design and the more easy to market and easy to put a label, a career job situation on path. But then I ended up finding this and everything kind of went together. I, I got a degree in, in fine arts, but in the digital fine arts. So I did do a lot of video, sound, uh, digital arts, uh, photography, um, creative digital stuff. I, d I also even did painting and sculpture and whatever as, as is necessary in a fine art situation. Um, I would kind of more or less ask that question to myself. Like, what am I going to do with this? Uh, there were a couple times in classes where I'd be like wondering, how is this, what is this going to apply to as far as the job is concerned? And, and, and sometimes, a few times, I had one or two bad professors who were like, you don't take art classes to find a job later. This is blah, 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 blah. You know, and had some convoluted artistic reasoning behind why somebody creates art for culture and history. You know, I, I don't know. There was some, you know, I blocked that out of my memory, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is, there's a little bit of a concern. It, it's a little bit, there, there, I mean, there are, when you are in art school, there are those few students who are like, okay, yeah, this person is somebody who's going to, like, have a home studio and they're going to just be creating art for art's sake and uh, they're going to be fine. You know, they have everything set up just fine and dandy uh, just because of the way that they're constantly getting work done and they're constantly impressing uh, the faculty and, and whatever. Uh, I was not one of those. Let's find out what I was in the morning. <laughs> And awakeness. So yeah, I was, you know, I was far more on the border of like, I I need this degree to find a job. <laughs> I also like the art for art's sake stuff, but I need a job. <laughs> so I was very, a little bit more, whoop, all right, a little bit more uh, on the fence, on the border, kind of uh, wanting the best of both worlds, I guess, which is kind of impossible to do, which is why even after I got my bachelor's degree, I went back to school uh, at a community college and, and started to take actual classes in like advertising design and uh, more technical classes around the programs, you know, an entire class just on Illustrator and, and Photoshop and InDesign. And uh, I self-taught myself web design and HTML, CSS coding, but... Uh, 
But yeah, those those comments are frequent. I mean, similarly, if you're like an English major or uh, or, or a history major or anything like that, people will question, you know, if the only thing they know is... But then on the flip side, I can't... This is what I'm getting at. I, I can't foresee, you know, like, I don't know... Why? Like, no offense, but what is like? You go to the school of business. I I am getting my masters of business. Like, what do you do with that? What do you learn with that? Like, how to organize a cubicle? <laughs> that's incredibly prejudice and and not you know that's a very art school person thing to say, but that just doesn't seem like happiness to me you know like uh, you know i can see like okay if you get like a specialized feel like okay an accountant i want to be an accountant or or whatever but there's these like uh i have an mba uh okay i you know a degree in business business everything is business there's there's art business there's the movie business there's there's accounting business there's uh, google business you know there's you just can i i'm going to get a job in business okay Good luck with that. There's a lot of that out there, I guess. Uh, so yeah, at the same time, from from the flip side, from my side of things, uh, looking at other schools of thought is kind of like weird to me too. So, or ma majored in communications. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> that was a frequent Simpsons joke. When uh, what was it? it? Was like a football player or something. Or maybe one of the, yeah, it was something like okay, the football player or somebody, somebody got injured or something, and they couldn't play football or whatever. And it's like that's all right. He's he's got his degree in communications. Oh no, <laughs> oh man. But uh, yeah, I don't mean to be poo pooing on anybody's degrees or anything like that. I have a degree in art. It's quite all right. I far more make fun of myself in that than I do others. <laughs> Oh, indeed. Uh, let's see. We can game if we want to. A name that I've noticed recently in some of my live streams asks, What is your favorite rally car or driver if you have one? What is your favorite race car and or driver throughout history of motorsports? Alternate question. What is your favorite kind of racing? We're just getting more and more generalized. Uh, like rally or F1 or anything? Woof, uh, that's Wolfies. I'm not sure. I certainly don't have, I don't know any rally drivers or cars uh, beyond the few that I've driven in dirt rally. But yeah, I don't know any. Rally is not a thing that is at all, at all popular or even televised or any. It's not even on the map. It's not even visible uh, in, in America here, even though there are rally series is you know there's some of that rally cross stuff you'll see with the x games or you know whatever but legit like rallies nothing nowhere not a <laughs> zero <laughs> so you know the only thing even just racing in general formula one not at all big in the united states uh certainly to no degree that it is uh, in in europe or, or south america or even or anything uh so uh, you know, really all we have is NASCAR and the Indy 500. You know, the rest of the Indy uh, season is is a wash <laughs> and kind of invisible as well. But the Indy 500 and NASCAR is really the only racing uh, you hear anybody 
giving any sort of time of day to here in the United States, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, I don't have any of that favorite stuff. Um, what was your favorite kind of racing? I was growing up really into NASCAR and stuff. Uh, and then from that, my favorite driver was very typically Dale Earnhardt. <laughs> um, so, you know, that was, that was the thing at the time. Uh, I was an Earnhardt fan, but, uh, yeah, I haven't really not, it hasn't been until recently that I've, I've really started to expand my horizons to the point of even having a conversation about Formula E, of all things, on the Mindcrack podcast a few weeks ago, you know, it's, uh, but even then, like, yeah, I don't know that I've ever, like, watched a rally. <laughs> like, how do you watch a rally on TV? They're really rarely televised, are they? It's usually, like, recaps or something after the fact, I'd assume. Uh, that's more of a thing, like, for spectators who are there, I feel. It is a very... It just seems like a very, like... Loosely put-together sport. <laughs> you know, it's just like, oh, we're just driving on these roads that we just put little ribbons around, and uh, there's sometimes... You know, it's like, who's who's running this show? <laughs> it's just, just a bunch of guys got together, uh, guys and girls, I guess, got together and uh, decided, uh, let's let's drive our cars really fast around these very dangerous roads, why don't we? Okay, sure, why not? Let's go! <laughs> is nobody looking over this? <laughs> is there no presiding body? I'm, I know there is, but uh, just from the witness standpoint, it, it doesn't seem like there is much organization there. Ooh, look at that. Have a seat, Wolfie. Oh, there we go. Boop. Uh, boop. That'll be better for a screenshot. Got it. Wolfie, Wolfie liked that one. Uh, so yeah, I, uh, that, that's about where that cookie crumbles. I, I can't say I am, am knowledgeable enough to say what a favorite is or, or anything like that. I just generally like cars. Racing is, is neat. But uh, I would like to learn more about other stuff as well, I guess. Does that make sense? I try. Alright, I don't know. That's a weird question. I'll get to that. Uh, well, I guess on a similar theme, Neo. Neo. I'm curious if you have and or would like to own a motorcycle. Have I answered? I've answered this before. Possibly not from Neo here, but... Uh, it would be interesting. It would be neat, but I don't have. It would require me to get another a license, a motorcycle license. Uh, you know, there are certain styles of motorcycle that that I think are kind of cool, kind of along the same thing theme of those. You know, the kind of older classic style, the rat rod style, the cafe racer, the the bobber style. I guess you can call them. Uh, motorcycle. But I don't know, I feel like I need just at least a little bit of utility in my transportation. There's not much you can do with a motorcycle except get yourself, your body, from point A to point B, uh, which I guess the majority of people who ride motorcycles don't do it for transportation. It's more of a an enjoyment sort of thing. But, uh, yeah, you can't, like, carry anything. <laughs> you can't go pick up the groceries or anything like that. Uh, most of the time you can't even carry another person. But, 
That would be interesting. You know, the people who, who do ride motorcycles say it's like it's really getting connected to the road or anything, but... Uh, you know, maybe, maybe that'll be something to cross off the bucket lists. Uh, you know, similarly... Oh, could you get a pilot's license or learn to fly or whatever? Yeah, that would be neat too, but similarly along the same lines, like... It's a lot of work to just get there and then money and also I do like you know I do I am very appreciative of how uh, much more affordable most motorcycles are or at least the kind I would like than than cars uh, entire cars are but uh, otherwise uh, not so much <laughs> not not so much on I don't know I don't know anybody personally or in my family who rides motorcycles or anything so I don't really have any point of entry into that either. Yeah, thanks for that uh, donation in question. Uh, the sun is kind of setting here on, on the first episode of Farlands Bust of the new year. So I think we'll consider wrapping it up. How... How was I going to wrap this up? Oh, I was going to... Uh, what was I going to do? I was going to do something. I was going to say something like poignant about the new year and interesting. But I've lost it. <laughs> so nuts to that. Uh, no, I was probably going to basically say I hope everybody had a good New Year's Eve. Either it be uneventful, watching a live stream, or or going out, seeing family, spending time with people, whatever whatever floats your New Year's boats. And I uh, hope everybody got to and fro the places they were at safely. Hello, zombie. Did you have a good New Year? That's a shame. Oh, yeah, yeah, you did. Uh, as we try to find a good spot to make an underground hidey hole here. And, um, not finding one. How about this mound over here? Let's, let's choose this mound. This mound of dirt. Seems like a fine place. Yeah. A fine place indeed. Boop. Have a seat, Wolfie. Good job. Let's dig in and remind everybody... Keep going to farlandsbus.com. You've been extremely generous the last few weeks, so keep that momentum up. Like I said, we're trying to raise $60,000 for here, season six of the series. At the end of which, or when we reach that goal, is when I finally press F3 to see how far we've walked. And we also have the, the Flabathon. It's not just about the F3, it's about the Flabathon, the live stream marathon of Farlands Busts. If you're new to the series, that happens when we raise the charity goal. And then we get to see what the new number they need to publish in the Guinness World Records books is. Because, uh, yeah, they were actually a little bit out of date in the last book because we hadn't yet finished the season, the Flabathon, by the time they needed those numbers for publishing. What am I doing here? I'm placing down a bed. I've got everything else. Um, you know what? Let's craft a New Year's chest plate. Because our current one is a bit, a bit down. Yeah, look, in this version, I have four and a half shirts. Now when I have a fully new chest plate, all the way up to six and a half. Woo! A whole two shirts. Shirts! And it'll get even more if I replace these iron leggings eventually. But yes, a brand new shirt for a brand new year. We're also going to need a brand new sword eventually. Wolfie thinks so. And, uh, yeah. Thank you, everybody, for these very generous donations. Childsplaycharity.org is where you can learn more about the charity we're supporting. But farlandsabus.com is where you can donate to the fundraiser itself. 
My name is Kurt. Thanks so much for watching. I will see you next time. Load faster, you dang chunks.